Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to the San Francisco 49ers 2023-2024 schedule. The NFL released the schedule last week. We're going to react to it today, that being Monday, May 15th, just about four or five days afterwards. I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day this past Sunday, this past weekend. I personally went out there and had a nice brunch with my mom and my family, and it was a, it was a wonderful day in Northern California. The little bit of a breeze, the sun was out, and it was a good Mother's Day, and I hope you had the same. But today we are going to, again, react to the 2023-2024 NFL schedule pertaining to the San Francisco 49ers, and we're going to dive into each game in itself, how many primetime games San Francisco has, why this season is going to be a lot tougher than the numbers might say, and we'll give our predictions and even get into Trey Lance, because what would a Niner podcast be without discussing the future of the quarterback position, especially when it comes to Trey Lance. So without further ado, let's dive into the 49ers 2023-2024 NFL schedule. Again, 18 weeks, 17 games. Coming into the 2023-2024 NFL season, currently the San Francisco 49ers are tied for the third best odds, third highest odds at plus 900 to win the Super Bowl again coming into this season. They also have the 15th ranked strength of schedule, but I want to get into why that might be misleading. Now, if I told you they have the 15th strength of schedule, basically what that means is their opponent's records last year, now the team this year, okay, they basically have a middle-of-the-road schedule coming into this season. It doesn't account for injuries, doesn't account for, you know, breakout teams or, or let-down teams coming into the season, but... 15th really is a good place to be for a team like San Francisco coming off of an NFC Championship game appearance. But again, I do want to point out why those stats might be misleading. And the first thing is San Francisco has to travel basically the second most this season. This year, they are going to travel an estimated 29,958 miles, which again ranks second just behind the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to travel 31,600 miles. So San Francisco traveling, just based on miles, the second most coming into this season. They also are tied for first with those Seattle Seahawks for traveling through 36 different time zones. Basically what that means is, yes, they're traveling a lot, frequent flyer miles, but they're going from West Coast to East Coast to West Coast to East Coast, back to back to back to back, and there really isn't an opportunity for this team this year to, you know, spend, uh, you know, two weekends at the, the Greenbrier on the, on the East Coast. They are going to have to be jumping from plane to plane. Which, if you're an athlete, if anybody, I I hate flying on planes. Just an hour-long plane ride, I'm like, okay, what movie do I watch? Usually I pick Puss in Boots because it's a fun movie. <laughs> and it's actually a really good one to watch uh, in an hour-long time period. But um, they're going to be watching Puss in Boots a lot of times this year, you might say. Um, but again, a ton of travel, a lot of jet lag as possible, a, a, a lot of tiring uh, plane rides, long plane rides, five, six, seven hour plane rides from, you know, San Francisco to, to New York City. Like, just traveling alone 
is exhausting. And that doesn't even account for actually playing the games and practicing and all the studying you do as a football player and team. But so 36 different time zones, just under 30,000 miles going to be traveled this year for the San Francisco 49ers. They're prime time games. They have technically five of them, but I believe that could be a sixth if you account for the Eagles game in week 13. But the first primetime game they have is the home opener Thursday night football against the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley is likely going to be back there. Daniel Jones, uh, two playoff teams likely playing head-to-head at Levi Stadiums on Thursday night football in the home opener in week three. Then you go to the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football. Uh, This game is going to be just... It's going to be one of the more exciting games of the season. Yes, they play the Bengals, yes, they play the Vikings, but you put Niners and Cowboys, one of the most heated rivalries, especially, you know, forget the 80s and the 90s, we're talking just recently, these two teams do not like each other. These teams, when they are put on the schedule circle and say, like that, those are the guys we want to beat, and San Francisco's been lucky enough and really more skilled enough to beat them the past two years in the playoffs. They get to fight it out and duke it out in the regular season this time, which could be another playoff potential matchup this year. They also play Minnesota in Minnesota, so it's Kyle Shanahan against the quarterback. He's always linked to Kirk Cousins in Monday Night Football in Minnesota. Then this is where things get tricky with the the primetime games. So they have a Thursday night Thanksgiving game up in Seattle. Then later on in, in December... They have a Christmas Monday night football game at home (laughs) against Baltimore. But then the other game that could get flexed, which I think might get flexed, is in Philadelphia week 13. There is no way the NFL sees, unless there's injuries or whatever happens, there's no way the NFL sees this and says, we're not going to put a rematch of the NFC Championship game in which we have scheduled it on purpose so Brock Purdy can hopefully get healthy and be ready to go by Week 13. They they made it a point to push that game to Week 13 for a reason. They want Brock Purdy to be healthy. They wanted to to be San Francisco's you know reclamation, you could say, a retribution for what happened to them last year in the playoffs. I think that game could get flexed. And and let's be honest here, San Francisco sitting here at five primetime games. You know which team has a sixth primetime game? I'll give you one guess. The quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo, former San Francisco 49ers quarterback. That team, a team that had a top 10 pick this year that was awful last year with Derek Carr's quarterback, they have six primetime games. I don't think the NFL wants a Jimmy Garoppolo, who we all like, right? We're all big fans of Jimmy G here. I don't think the NFL can consciously get away with having a Raiders team, which may be the worst team in that division, if the Broncos do bounce back. I can't. I, I don't see how they can have that team have more primetime games than the San Francisco 49ers, who have been to back-to-back NFC Championship games. I understand the quarterback may be more attractive. That doesn't matter when it comes to how good your football team might be. That being said, I hope Garoppolo has all the luck in the world in Las Vegas, but now let's dive into the prediction side of things. 
we got how much miles they travel and how much San Francisco is going to be on that plane, on that private jet this year. We've discussed their prime time games. But let's get into the nitty-gritty of how much they travel, how much that could cost them this year. And really, San Francisco, the past few seasons, has had a very slow start. 3-5 and five in 2021, again, bounced all the way back, was, what, nine minutes away or one quarter away from a Super Bowl appearance. Then last year, 4-4, four and four, going into the bye week, everyone was saying, this team can't do that again. And they did it again almost and went just as far as two years ago when they went 3-5. and five. But this year, I don't think the San Francisco 49ers can afford to have a slow start. That does not mean they're you know going to be a bad team if they do. That does not mean they can't bounce back like they have. But the past two seasons has set the tone, or at least opened the door, for other teams like Seattle, like the Rams, to jump ahead of San Francisco. Now, last season, San Francisco zoomed all the way back to the front of the, of the finish line and, and annihilated Seattle three times, uh, especially in the playoffs last year. Um, but this year, I don't think San Francisco has that luxury because while, yes, you play teams early like you know the Rams and the Cardinals, but later in the year, you play teams like you know the Ravens, the Seahawks, the Eagles, and the Seahawks in a span of six weeks. Like you are not going to have a luxury of, you know, being three and five and being four and four. And while I think on paper you can say San Francisco is better than most of the teams they're going to play all season long, the NFL is crazy. Like, San Francisco is known to have one stinker game a year where you're like, how'd they lose that one? Um, so coming into the season, you have the season opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when I read this next stat off to you, uh, I want you to take it with a grain of salt because, yes, it doesn't account for injuries and teams you expect to be great can be really bad. Teams you think that are going to be really good can just be awful and vice versa. Teams that are going to be bad are going to be really good. But coming into this year, San Francisco's first half opponents, so their first eight opponents, which thankfully the season is broken up perfectly where it's they have games week one through eight, then a bye week halfway through, then they have weeks 10 through 18. They no longer have that stupid week three bye week <laughs> that, that, that they had in 2019. It's a stupid thing. Should never happen. I don't know why the NFL said, hey, two weeks into the season, we'll give you a week off. I don't know why you'd want that. It's a stupid thing to have. Now, I would prefer they have the bye week probably after week 12, that Thursday night game in Seattle on Thanksgiving. Give them a whole bye week. Let them play the Eagles on the East Coast uh, and get that rematch offset. But again, coming into this year, their first opponent's in the first half, the Steelers, the Rams, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Vikings, and the Bengals. They are coming into the season 71-63-1. So, above 500 by a lot, but it's a lot worse than their second half, which their second half opponents being the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Eagles, Seattle again the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Commanders, and the Rams, they're 85-51. and 51. So there's actually you know, a 14-game discrepancy between the two. And don't forget, the Bengals didn't even get to finish a game last year, so that could be even a little worse for San Francisco in the first half. Like, 
The Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. The Vikings are a playoff contender. The Browns could bounce back with Deshaun Watson back on the field for a second season. The Cowboys should be good. The Giants were a playoff team last year, beat the Vikings who they play in Week 7 in the playoffs. And the Steelers have playoff aspirations with Kenny Pickett back for Year 2. And that's only the first half. Like, th there's a good chance, well, I won't say good chance. There is an opportunity for opposing teams to, if they can get behind San Francisco or if there's an injury on San Francisco's end, San Francisco could fall behind the eight ball. And when you see in the second half, you have to go to Seattle, then Philadelphia, then back home against Seattle, then back home against Baltimore. Like, it does open the door for San Francisco to, while still make the playoffs, while still be a really good team, it does open the door for there to be somewhat of a slide back in the NFC standings. Now, again, last year, uh, they were one game away from the number one seed in the NFC. Like, you, you can't, you know, discredit that or look away and say, look, like, this team may not be that good this year. No one is saying that. This Niners team is going to be atop the NFC or, if not, the number three seed in the NFC this year. Like, they are one of the best teams in football. Whether Brock Purdy's healthy and... That's what, like, the numbers of them being tied for third in Super Bowl odds are with Trey Lance and Sam Darnold healthy. Like, the, the, the stat makers, the odds makers are banking on the Niners being good no matter who the quarterback is, and I would agree with that, but there might be a ceiling to it. And so the question becomes, how important is that first half for the team? But more importantly, from a personal level, how important is that first half for Trey Lance. So again, let's work under the assumption that San Francisco is also working under. That Brock Purdy, while yes, is supposed to be back by training camp, he may not play until week four, five, or six. So let's just say it's the worst comes the worst. He's back by week seven in Minnesota, and he misses games against the Steelers, the Rams, the Giants, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Browns. Okay, so if Trey Lance comes in and he outduels Sam Darnold, which I expect him to do for at least a quarterback two position. So let's say he's QB one going into the year with Brock Purdy on the shelf. He has to come out and ball out against these teams. It is imperative that with Brock Purdy on the shelf, that this team, we already talked about how they really can't afford to, you know, have a slow start three and five, four and four. They need to come out and be five and three and be, you know, six and two. Like this team really, really needs to, you know, show, hey, we're not we're not taking a step back. We're not slowing down. We're actually improving, you know, post an awful loss in the playoffs last year. And so for the Niners coming into week one against the Steelers, assuming Trey Lance is the quarterback, look, this may be his one opportunity. And by one I mean you know, weeks one through six, one through four here, to reestablish himself as the guy. And when you see a team, okay, you're, you're at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, against a, you know, a, a raucous crowd, a, a very diehard fan base, could be cold there in September, like, that's going to be a tough game. And while, yes, it may not be a monsoon game like last year in Chicago with Trey Lance at quarterback, that is going to be a tough defense a, a team led by a, an amazing head coach in Mike Tomlin, a veteran team that, while, yes, is young at quarterback, 
they know what they're doing. They have yet to have a losing season under Mike Tomlin. And they're a team that's looking at it saying, hey, we don't want to just have a non-losing season. We would like to go back to the playoffs. They have Kenny Pickett. They have Joy Porter Jr. They distracted uh, Darnell Washington. Like, this team is trying to reload itself and ready to go for a playoff run this year. And while, again, they could be awful, they're going to want to make a statement early. And while, yes, a team like San Francisco is better on paper, but it's West Coast to East Coast, the first of many editions of that saying we're going to have today on the show, where it's, again, West to East Coast, week one of the NFL season, uh, it's a long travel. It's part of their nearly 30,000 miles traveled, 36 different time zones. Like San Francisco, like that's going to be a tough game to get up for. Yes, it's week one. Yes, San Francisco, just like Pittsburgh, wants to make that statement. But I would not be surprised if San Francisco loses this game week one. Um, especially week one jitters. Um, I know last year they didn't have Chris McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell and he got hurt like... You can put all these things into context and you can point out, well, they didn't have this and that and this and the other. It just seems like West Coast to East Coast, sunny California. Look, I've been to Niners training camp in the summertime. It is hot out there on the practice field. You could potentially be going to windy, cold, you know, frozen Pittsburgh in September at the beginning of fall and you're out of your element. Now, again, shouldn't be a monsoon game, but anything can happen. But I can easily see Week 1 being an upset for Steelers in this case. So, if you were going to ask me, if there was one fluky game San Francisco loses, last year it was Week 1 against the Bears. It really was. This year it could also be Week 1 against the Steelers. I would not be surprised if that's the case. Then you have at the Rams... Again, East Coast, all the way back to the West Coast for week number two. But we know this by now, even if Matthew Stafford's healthy, that Rams team has just been annihilated. They traded Allen Robinson to Pittsburgh for basically nothing. Nothing. Like, that defense is just Aaron Donald, and that's it. It's Matthew Stafford with the bum elbow, Cooper Cup, and a bunch of rookies on offense. Like, this, this Rams team... Look, they got a Super Bowl out of it. Sean McVay's a heck of a head coach. They have a defensive player of the year on defense. But this team just is a shell of what it used to be. The F them picks motto, it worked for one year. Um, they were good for a little bit. But this Rams team is basically in a retool slash rebuild. Uh, they have a veteran quarterback, some veteran players, you know, like Cooper Cup and again, like Stafford. But they're kind of trying to figure things out and retool the offense and defense with a bunch of, you know, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks. San Francisco should win, should win this game. They own the Rams, whether it's at home or on the road. I think that continues here, even if Matthew Stafford is healthy. And if he's not healthy, and it's Stetson Bennett, I mean, even better. <laughs> even better for San Francisco. They should get this win. So I have them being 1-1. One one. Trey Lance gets his assumed first win of the season. And I believe, technically, if you don't want to count the Seahawks game... Uh, it would be his first win since the Texans game in 2021. Insane. Just insane. Week three, they are week three, Thursday night football, short week. Thankfully, it's a West Coast to West Coast, LA to San Francisco. Travel shouldn't be a problem here for San Francisco. Thursday night football, Giants come to town. I hope they wear their throwback jerseys from the 80s and the 90s. 
I like, like where it actually reads Giants and with the red underline. I love those jerseys. I hope San Francisco wears their home red jerseys. I I, I just love their throwback. It brings me back to you know when there actually used to be some football and you can lay somebody out and you can knock somebody on the ground. I hope they wear those on Thursday night football. And uh, this should be a freaking slobber knocker of a, of a battle because you have a team in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan who are like, hey, we can give Christian McCaffrey the ball 45 times. <laughs> we're so okay with that. We have Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason and, and TDP for the assumed future. They are going to want to run the football, even if it's Brock Purdy at quarterback. They are going to want to run the football. And you have a team like the Giants who are young, they're scrappy on defense, but on offense... They have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, two guys who are, well, Barkley obviously is a running back, but Daniel Jones, who, again, is a mobile quarterback despite not looking like one. He looks like he's a, you know, went to Duke and was a nerd, which is exactly what he did. Um, so I think this is going to be a great game. If you love, you know, dirty, muddy, you know, get your, you know, pants all grass stained, this feels like that kind of game where it's like 20 to 14. It's just a grinded out hard win for San Francisco. I think they do get that win. Right now, 2-1. and one, They lose the season opener, but get back on track and win two consecutive games against the Rams and the Giants. And this is when this, the pretty much the, the give-me game of their NFL season begins because they get to play the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, at home with likely Colton McCoy at quarterback. I mean, this should easily be a gimme game. The Cardinals are the worst team I could argue in football. I really could argue in football this year. They have a new head coach. I, I believe it's Gannon from the Eagles, who was defensive coordinator last year in Philadelphia. And Kyler Murray's not healthy. DeAndre Hopkins wants out, but is actually going to stay for a little bit. Uh, A.J. Green retired. James Conner's still there. They have the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. Like, the Cardinals are just not a good team from top to bottom, even though they fired one of the worst head coaches in football. <laughs> still not a good team. Um, so this should be a gimme game. San Francisco should win this game, and they should go to 3-1 and one on the season going into Week 5 against the Dallas Cowboys. Look, this is a game, and I hate to say it, where I could see San Francisco actually losing this game. I don't want them to, by all means, Losing to the Dallas Cowboys and even saying that is sacrilegious in my house. Now, this is a you know f the Dallas Cowboys you know kind of house. I live in. My dad, diehard Niner fan. Myself, my my brother, my mom, who doesn't even like football, is like yeah, f the Cowboys. <laughs> but um, but this just feels like one of those games where you've won three games in a row. You're rolling. The Dallas Cowboys are sitting there, and it's like look. We they have actually really improved on defense. They've improved offensively. Like the the Cowboys, I know, always look good on paper, always do, and always find a way to lose. I I get it, right? But this just feels like like every time Dallas plays San Francisco, they're closer and closer and closer, and they always seem to make some stupid mistake. Last year it was. You know, Elliott playing center and like in a dumb play called by McCarthy. Then two years ago it was you know the 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 snap and uh, and <laughs> and throw the ball on the ground trying to stop the time. Um, like this year, something dumb is probably gonna happen again. But it, it just feels like a game 
in which San Francisco might lose and go to 3-2. and two. It's one of those toss-up games where it's like, if San Francisco's banged up, like last year against the Falcons, where the Falcons by no means were a better team. Like, Dallas in this year and last year was, was a far better team than the Falcons were. But if San Francisco's banged up, they always have these weird injuries early in the year, whether it's Kinlaw or Armstead or Bosa or Debo Samuel. Someone seems to be out Kittle for a couple games last year early. They always seem to have one of those weird clunkers early. And while I would assume it's likely against Pittsburgh to begin the year, I would not be surprised if this game is also a loss. I can't have them going, what, 13-4. and, and four. I just can't. They have to lose something. They, they, like, they just have to lose some games here or there. This is a game I can see San Francisco losing this year against the Dallas Cowboys. I hate it. You hate it. I hope I'm wrong. But then the next week, despite the Browns coming off the bye, I just don't think Cleveland is talented enough to beat San Francisco. That's with Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Like, I know they have Nick Chubb still. Like, the Browns are one of those teams you look at and say, you should be really good. Like, Deshaun Watson, if, you know, all right, back on the field the whole year, reestablished, should be okay. That defense should be just fine. But the Browns have always seemed to, even when, you know, I remember back a couple years ago and it was Baker and LBJ and Jarvis Landry and Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, everyone was like, they're winning the AFC North, the season over, wrap it up, and it never came to be. And I know they're, I guess on paper, a much better team now, at least at quarterback. I just don't, like, this feels like a game where the media hypes up Cleveland saying, it's a mobile quarterback against the Niners defense, Steve Wilkes first year, how is he going to handle it? And San Francisco drops like 35 points and wins by 20. It just feels like this kind of game uh, in, in week six, Cleveland off the bye, doesn't really do much for me unless they're rolling and they're 5-0 and <laughs> but coming off the bye for Cleveland it's an early bye for them this feels like a game where like last year when San Francisco was hurt against the Chiefs then came back and got rolling and it was like okay season's over you know lights out this feels like that kind of game for San Francisco you lose against Dallas you lose against the Steelers early you're sitting there what three and two like how's the season gonna go and then, boom, you play Cleveland, and the season gets rolling for you, and you go on your long run. That's what this feels like for me. Um, so I think San Francisco wins in week six against the Browns. Then Kyle Shanahan gets to play his favorite quarterback, the quarterback he's always wanted to have in San Francisco. He was always the plan. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota on the road. Justin Jefferson, man. I think San Francisco just annihilates the Vikings. This feels like a game where it's not in... Well, actually, it is in primetime. So you're getting primetime Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football in Minnesota. I mean, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's all I need to know. doesn't matter who is playing, whether it's a bad Seattle team a couple years ago, Niners this year, you put Kirk Cousins in primetime... Night, night, lock it up, throw away the key. You ain't winning the game if you're Minnesota. That's why they want to move off of him. This should be another example of why he's a guy that cannot get it done. And it could be funny because if Trey Lance is still playing quarterback at this point, and I have them being, what, 5-3 and three at this point, or 4-2, or, or and two, excuse me, at this point, and he's playing 
against the Vikings, who many said, watch out for Minnesota. They've had conversations with San Francisco about Trey Lance. It'd be really funny if he was a quarterback here and just walked all over Minnesota and said, you're never going to have me. You're, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. You know, calling out Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm not leaving. So I could easily see San Francisco winning this game. Shanahan and Kirk Cousins is a, a rivalry, a connection as old as time. I think Coach Shanahan gets a win here. Uh, and it kind of avenges that loss in Minnesota. I believe it was 2018 before Garoppolo got hurt towards ACL. So they go back on the road, get the revenge that I'm sure Shanahan desperately wants against the Vikings since 2018 in Week 7. Then they come back home, and this is where the bye week comes to bite San Francisco. You have Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who have retooled the offensive line, who have a ton of weapons offensively. Burrow is probably the second best quarterback in the NFL, if not number three behind Mahomes and Allen. I think he's number two. That's just me. But you're playing Joe Burrow at home, mind you, but they're coming off the bye week. It's week eight. Uh, you've won two games in a row. You you're, went from Cleveland to Minnesota. You're coming back home. It's a long travel. I think Cleveland, or excuse me, I think Cincinnati comes in, and I do think they beat San Francisco. We beat them a couple years ago in their place. They come to Levi's and beat us. Then we go on the bye week. We can say, well, thank God it's the bye week. It's week nine. We can get healthy and come back and go on our run here. I do think that this is where that starts for San Francisco because they will desperately, desperately need the bye week at this point. But I do think it's an opportunity if they lose to Cincinnati, which I think they will at Levi Stadium, I think it opens the door to get healthy, get back on track, and it could be, if it already hasn't been, could be the return of Brock Purdy at this point if Lance is struggling. But you go into the bye week, what, was it 5-3? and three? You've beaten the Steelers, excuse me, you've lost to the Steelers, but you've beaten the Rams, the Giants, and the Cardinals, the Browns, and Minnesota. You go into the bye week 5-3, and three, that's an inverse of where you were in 2021. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. If Trey Lance is the quarterback, he has confidence. And you're feeling pretty good about, about where you are. Going to the bye week, you get healthy and come out of the bye week traveling to Jacksonville. You've had a whole two weeks to prepare for this game. And I do think San Francisco gets the win. But this is where the East to West Coast thing comes into mind because it's like freaking pinball, you know, bing, 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 back and forth because they go from East to West to West to East to East to West, back to back to back to back to back weeks, and it gets pretty crazy. So week week 10 at Jacksonville, they'll get the win. Back home against Tampa Bay, likely Baker Mayfield's playing quarterback. Nick Bosa gets the sack, his best friend ever, gets to plant the flag again at Levi Stadium and sack Baker Mayfield in Week 11 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going from East to West Coast. Then it goes up to Seattle Thanksgiving Day. And maybe it's because Thanksgiving is my birthday and I do not want them to lose on my birthday. Um, I think San Francisco wins this game up in Seattle, but this is one of those stretches where the, the travel really does come to bite them. I think this is the... Uh, Kind of the, the kickstart of a part of the, the season that could be a downward trend for San Francisco. But just like 2019, I know it was like what, three, four years ago now. It's been so long ago when they had to play Baltimore and 
and the, the Saints in Seattle, like back to back to back weeks. They won two out of the three. I think they can get two of the three against Seattle, the Eagles, and Seattle, but I don't think it's the game you think they're going to lose. I actually have San Francisco beating, coming out of the bye week, Jacksonville, the Buccaneers, Seattle, in Seattle on Thanksgiving, and actually traveling to Philadelphia, rematch of the NFC Championship game going from, again, east to west, to west to east, (laughs) and beating Philadelphia on the road. Look, Philadelphia is a really good team, could by all means be the number one seed in the NFC this year. Again, Jalen Hurts, a phenomenal year. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they have the offense that goes around, but you can not not account for a Super Bowl hangover. The Rams had it, the Niners have it. Uh, I do think Philadelphia has it again. Now, again, what does that look like? That could mean a 10-win season, that could mean an 11-win season, it can mean they're still really good, <laughs> but it just feels like they have an older offensive line. Um, you know, Lane Johnson got hurt last year late in the season, cost them a few games. Jalen Hurts got hurt late last year, cost them a few games. Uh, and even Jason Kelsey, who's older, like they are a team that wants that one last ring for their veteran players. And after a long, hard, and grueling season that was last season for Philadelphia, I could easily see them taking a step back just based on the offensive line. And don't forget, we have Javon Hargrave now. The defensive line did take a hit, and it is reliant on a lot of rookies. Now, those rookies are really good prospects. Nolan Smith, uh, Jalen Carter. Like, they, they have the potential to fit in and replace guys instantly, but it's going to be hard to replace Javon Hargrave immediately. Like, they've added a ton of players. Uh, Hallie Roseman is, if not the best, one of the best GMs in football. He knows what he's doing. But I just feel like they're going to take a small step back this year. They're an older team on the um, the front seven and the offensive line. I would not be surprised if San Francisco up front, at least up front, can establish themselves better than they were able to last year come playoff time. I have San Francisco winning this game in Philadelphia in a rematch of the NFC Championship game. But the next week at home against Seattle, I think San uh, San Francisco falls. And their their modest four-game winning streak is snapped. uh, Going again from east to west to west to east to east to west again. This is where it comes back to bite them. They lose to Seattle uh, at home at Levi Stadium. And look... The thing is, with this loss, yes, it it really is your first loss in the division in almost two years. Again, they were undefeated last year in the NFC West. I have them going 5-1 this year, and this is your only loss against the NFC West. Yes, it does give Seattle a tiebreaker, but I don't think Geno Smith can replicate what he did last year. I just don't. And look at the stats. Late in the year last year, he was not the same quarterback he was to begin the season. If Kenneth Walker can't stay healthy, um, that was an issue last year. Yes, I know they they drafted like 17 running backs this year. They're loading up. They have Jackson Smith and Jigba, Lockett, Metcalf. They're a better team on or, or when it comes to skilled players, but I just don't believe in Geno Smith enough where I can buy into you know him being the same guy he was last year. I think he's a fine quarterback. He's an upstanding person. 
it doesn't mean you can repeat the, the exact same success. That being said, I do think they get this win in San Francisco, and the travel alone hurts San Francisco. They get tired. Again, a hard-fought win against Seattle in, in 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 Week 13 up in Seattle. Then an even harder-fought win against Philadelphia in Philadelphia Week 14. You come back, you're broken, you're bruised, you're battered. You lose in Week 15 against or 14 against the Seahawks after a, a, a much you know again ping pong and travel schedule. You lose in Week 14 against Seattle and suffer your first loss of the NFL season against the NFC West. But you get right back on the horse, right back on the saddle, and you beat the Cardinals in Week 15. The likely return of Kyler Murray. Uh, I know he's not going to be healthy enough for early in the season against San Francisco, but late in the year, Kyler Murray should be kind of in this weird, like, you know, six-game stretch where it's like, get him back on the field, get him comfortable again, see what he can do. And it's funny because if he's back on the field... A decision like that could cost Arizona maybe the number one overall pick, maybe the number two overall pick. Like, they could very well be in a situation where if he's back on the field, he gets you two wins late in the year, and you're like, oh, now we're pick number three. I can easily see that for the Cardinals. So, but it's not going to happen this week in week 15 at Arizona, even if Murray's healthy uh, and coming off the bye week, I think San Francisco has the edge. Then you're back to ping ponging again, right? Then you're. You're in Arizona, then you're back on Christmas Day, Week 16 against the Baltimore Ravens, and this is the only game, the only game where I believe the mobile quarterback conversation actually matters, um, because Jalen Hurts has shown the ability as the Eagles quarterback to be a premier thrower in the NFL, and this is no knock on Lamar Jackson, but he is, in my opinion, the best runner of the football. But as a thrower, he is not Jalen Hurts. He is not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. Doesn't mean he's bad. But I do think he's not as dynamic of a thrower as the rest of the elite quarterbacks you would lump into that category. I do think this is the one game where they're going to run like a ton of read option. I know... Different offensive coordinator, they have OBJ back there, they have Bateman still there. Like, they have, or have tried to at least improve the offense around Lamar Jackson, but I would still, look, they're going to run the football. They just are. That's who they are. That's what they want to do. And despite a new offensive coordinator and new weapons, I just think Lamar is so dangerous on the ground. He's an MVP. Like, I mean, come on. He's an MVP because his legs opened up so much for his arm, which is a fine arm. It's it, it, it's a good arm to get you wins, but I just think they are going... Like, if you want to beat San Francisco, like, Lamar Jackson is the one quarterback I can say, wow, like, legs open up like 99% of the offense for him. Like, we watched this same defense, although improved with Hargrave on the defensive line, we watched this same defense lose to Marcus Mariota. I know they were hurt. No Bosa, I get it. But Marcus Mariota. Like, I would not be surprised if we're just like, we can't stop Lamar Jackson. And those, like, after beating, in my opinion, the Eagles in Philadelphia, the mobile quarterback conversation dies down. Fans are like, see, look, we can beat mobile quarterbacks. Our defense is so good. Look at us. We're great. And then we play Baltimore overconfident, and we're like, 
wait a minute. <laughs> uh, Lamar's pretty good. Maybe we can't stop mobile quarterbacks, or it's just maybe it's hard to stop elite mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. I think San Francisco gets the loss here on Christmas Day. I will trade a Thanksgiving win for a Christmas Day loss against Lamar Jackson any day, unfortunately. Uh, my birthday matters more than Christmas, unfortunately. Sorry, Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, but I do think San Francisco gets the loss here week 16. Uh, and then they have to go all the way to the East Coast. And I do think they wrap up the season on New Year's Eve with a game against the Commanders. Then week 18 against the Los Angeles Rams. They end the season two wins in a row on a high note and wrap up this 2023-2024 season in a nice bow, ending the season, predictively, 12-4. Actually, 12-5, but 12-5. and 5-1 <laughs> in the NFC West, and the number two seed in the NFC. I do think a team like Dallas can unseat Philadelphia. Now, that does not mean that a team like Dallas will win in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I could easily see the Giants getting in and beating Dallas come playoff time. But again, if you were going to ask me the top four teams record-wise in the NFC, it's probably going to be what it was last year, right? It'll be a team like the Niners, the Eagles, the Giants, and then you can probably mix in, like, the Lions in there. The Vikings are going to be okay, but if they cut Dalvin Cook, which they're supposed to do later this, you know, next month... Who do they have? Alexander Madison? Like, what are you doing, Minnesota? So, I think San Francisco, number two seed in the NFC once again, and I could argue they would finish the season as the assumed, as maybe the record not saying it, but as the number one seed in the NFC uh, in people's minds, despite actually not being it on paper. This feels like a season where it's so hard to do what San Francisco did last year and go on this amazing run in the second half and win so many games in a row. It's nearly impossible. This this season feels like the wins are going to be in small little chunks rather than one huge chunk to end the season. But I do think they get some really good wins highlighted by a win you know, against uh, the Seahawks in Seattle on Thanksgiving and the Eagles, a rematch of the NFC Championship game. Going to Jacksonville and beating Trevor Lawrence, that's a big feat nowadays. Beating a team like the Browns off a of bye week is a big one. And beating a team like the Giants at home on Thursday night football, week three, the home opener. Those are big wins. I think San Francisco finishes 12-5 and on the season. Number two in the NFC Conference. And number one, once again, and they become the reigning and the defending NFC West champions. Look, I don't see why this team could not be playing in a Super Bowl. The odds think they should be. Uh, the odds think they're, they are the tied for number three in the entire NFL to play in the Super Bowl behind the Chiefs and the Bills. So essentially, they have the number two pick to be back in the Super Bowl for the NFC. That makes a ton of sense to me, especially if Brock Purdy's healthy and... That's assumed in preseason. If they can get a ton from Drake Jackson and Clellan Farrell and Austin Bryant and D. Winters and Jair Brown, third-round pick this year, and Hufunga, you know, improves on his season last year or is at least more consistent than when he was down the stretch. Isaiah Oliver is a solid, you know, slot 
cornerback. Like, this team in San Francisco, I know, has some question marks. We've talked about it plenty of times. The offensive line at right tackle is a question mark. The secondary has its questions, too. And, of course, quarterback. But if Brock Purdy's healthy, and even if Trey Lance is on the field come week one, I have plenty of faith in this team that they can win at least 12 games um, at a low point. I might say 10, but at a high point, I can say 14. This team is just a double-digit win team no matter what for me this season. That being said, you can follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Don't forget to leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. If you're on YouTube, hit that bell notification to get an update whenever a new video comes out. You can also use our promo code at SeatGeek.com. The schedule's out, folks. You are now planning your trips to go see the Niners in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and in Seattle and in Washington or even at Levi Stadium. If you want a discount on Niner tickets this upcoming season, use our promo code 49ersaccess. 49, I'm pointing to it on the screen right now. 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com, 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com to save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Again, at SeatGeek.com. No matter where you live, no matter which game it is, you want to save some money, use our promo code. Tickets are expensive. If you can get a discount just to pay for your parking, it's worth it. Parking is expensive too. It's like $20, $40 sometimes. Any discount matters. Again, use our promo code at SeatGeek.com. You can also use our link in the description or up on the screen at the top corner right here. I'm pointing to it again on the video at fanatics.com. Support the channel and get yourself some Niners gear in the meantime. And again, folks, we have a few more months, just three months until preseason, four months until the regular season begins. So many things to happen, so much content to discuss. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. Thank you.